Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 138, coming at you from the Riverwood Gallery studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host producer Eric Fisher, the Big E. Joining me this week, we've got member of the Highway 22 crew, Sean Klosman. Sean, how are you doing, buddy? Doing good, how are you? Doing fantastic. And Sean, we have someone who is back. He is back in the saddle. It's Justin Dahl, the coach, making his long-awaited return to the Root for Wisconsin show. I don't even know the last episode you've actually been on on the main show. I know we had our Back to the Root show, which should be picking up here pretty quickly, but it's been a while, Justin, so how the hell are you? Eric, I am so excited to be back. I don't get, uh, I don't, I'm not going to get the chance to be on a lot uh, for, for our fans that I don't know, maybe you guys have shared this or haven't shared this. I took on another coaching job uh, as the head coach of the O'Connell girls basketball team. Uh, and as we were just talking earlier, um, I'm out of the house at four o'clock in the morning. I'm back into the house on, on a practice night at six 30. Um, and, and then, you know, I've got the full-time duty of being a dad and a husband on top of that. So I'm glad uh, my wife has allowed me the chance to uh, join you guys tonight. I've got three computers set up right here, Eric. Right now, <laughs> I, I and my TV screen, my new office, and the new home. Uh, as you can see, I got the printer in the background. I, I've got big things happening all around. I've got a boys game on. I got Marquette on. Just watch the Badgers. I've got you on my screen. I've got TV up here. I'm rocking and ready to go, Eric. Uh, I'm excited to be back. We're glad to have you. Like I said, it has been a long time coming. And I, I don't even know if you know how the show still works, Justin. Do you listen every week when you're not here? Oh, I don't even have time to listen, Eric. In the move, I lost my pods, and I can't listen to anything. I've got these crazy earmuffs that I've got to, I've got to talk to you guys on, I, you know. Things are a little bit hectic for me right now. So, no, I have not been listening. I do somewhat remember how we've set this show up um, in the past. Uh, something about a noogie of the week and, and a hero or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. So before we get into the business part of this, Justin, we do have to talk about our friends over at Raging Pro Wrestling, RPW. Next show comes up on February 10th at the Watering Hole in Green Bay. They've got the new RPW yearbook magazine. They've got new hats, so special gear available. Be sure to check them out. Tickets are available for that show on the RPW website, as well as Look Sharp in the Fox River Mall, as well as at the Watering Hole itself. So tickets are available for that, so be sure to get your tickets for that. As always, we've got our friends over at RaiseEnergyRepSports.com. Code ROOT4 gets you 15% off of any order. That's code ROOT4, R-O-O-T, number four. Justin, we start off with what we had rooted for in the past, well, for us, the past week. For you, it's probably been about six months. So, again, catch us up on how you've been doing. We'll let you start this off. How have you been doing? How's the basketball season? How did the football season go? Take it away. Uh, Eric, you're going to put me on the spot. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to make all this happen and I'm going to get long winded. Um, just well, keep it short. Sean's got to go to bed soon. So. I'm trying. I'm trying. All right. I'm sorry, Sean. Maybe Sean should go first. Let him get some damn words in here. 
Oh, you're good. Go ahead. All right. Uh, football season ended. We ended three and five. We had a, a big injury um, to our big man center. Really kind of swayed the trage- trajectory of our of our team, um, the morale of the team. We held on for as long as we could. Uh, the guys did great. Uh, just couldn't overcome some of the deficits of losing the big guy. Um, was really proud of the guys. Uh, we had a guy that set a state record in tackles in a single game this year at 33. Um, we beat our, our rival Surrey twice, which, you know, you could have went two and whatever. As long as you beat Surrey twice, life is pretty darn good. Um, uh, basketball to start out has been uh, it's been interesting, Eric. Uh, these girls are, are very good athletes. Um, but they need to learn basketball. And, and I'm excited to be able to teach them the game of basketball, the way the game of basketball should be played. Um, and, and moving forward, we lost a tough one against Kiwani the other night. Um, but they got better in that game, and they announced themselves as somebody that can uh, compete for the conference. And uh, we get that team again, and, and we'll get that opportunity in in Kiwani. Um, so excited for it. We're four and two to start out. We got a game tomorrow night up there in, in somewhat of your neck of the woods in, in NEW Lutheran, um, and and hoping to bring home a win there and just keep rocking and rolling through through the holiday season. And it gets busy, and so the girls are doing a great job. You know, in this time that we've been chit-chatting here, I've been doing some some searching through our social media posts. And, Justin, it's almost been a full year since you've been on. By my count, the last episode you were on was episode 100, which we recorded on December 15th, 2022. So, damn near full year. Since the last well, time we had you on. Maybe I knew that. Maybe I knew that. And I was like, well, I can't go a whole year, Eric, without being on the show. That could be. That. I'm just I'm just saying. Let's it's... be real though. Well, I mean, we 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 started the Back to the Roots show. We did a couple episodes of that. I thought it was great. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that my my uh other priorities right now are kind of pushing that to the side. Um, it's something that I think I would love to get back to. Um, and we just got to find the right time, right? It, it, it's a it's a matter of uh, when I can find a good hour, hour and a half to uh, kind of just come out and talk on a microphone for a little bit. Uh, the, so many of us, uh, that show uh, requires a little bit more of, of prep out of me, not necessarily you, Eric, but out of me in uh, – Something, something uh, I mean, if we were just going to talk O'Connell basketball for an hour and a half, I would be great at this goddamn <laughs> show, right? But, I, you know, <laughs> I've got I've got to study a whole bunch of other teams and, and see if we can talk to a coach or get a coach. And, um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot that goes into that. So I, I'm hoping that we can get back to it um, soon for, for some of our listeners that do listen to it. But, uh, um we were rolling there with Cole LaCrue and Coach Wicks, and we were on a roll. So we got to get back to it at some point, Eric. Absolutely. I, I really hope to get back to that soon. 
I am still pretty sure that aside from his press conference, we were the first interview with Coach Wicks in Green Bay and in the Green Bay media. So I uh, definitely want to keep that going and get back to that. And, you know, I will say with, with picking up the high school sports uh, radio schedule that I did or that I have been doing for football season, I make my uh, my high school basketball re-debut with that station coming up this week, uh, actually tomorrow. Well, yeah, didn't, didn't you ask me about this game? You got what? I did. Gibraltar, Sevastopol girls. Yeah. So Gibraltar, we just played Gibraltar. Gibraltar's got a, a interesting dynamic going there. They they have improved drastically from their first game to the win. It should be a fun one to watch for for tomorrow night there. Yeah, that's why I I did. Like I said, I have been doing some research and having you know to kind of get back into the flow of covering things on a pretty wide basis and covering more than just one school. So that's why I did my homework. That's why I messaged you the other day about it. So, so I know I'm I your got... homework? You, you were part me. of my homework. I'm the homework, Eric? Well, <laughs> you are a sad individual if I'm the homework. You're a combination of reading my fellow publications on DoorCountyDailyNews.com as well as with sports and looking at the stats. So gotta got to make mention of that as well. So... It, you're part of it. You give me a little perspective, but you're not all glad, of the homework. Glad I could help. <laughs> I'm all of the homework. I, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm good. It was good insight, Eric. I didn't say you weren't. You're the one downing yourself here. Hey, let's get the shot here. We're 10 minutes into the show. We haven't gotten the shot yet. Let's get Sean, the what's going shot. on, man? What's, uh, what have you been rooting for? What did you root for the last week or so? Uh, I think we just rooted for Mark and Hannah's wedding. We did. That happened on last Friday. and We did. That was a great time had by all. We got to go on the, the tubing hill at Titletown there. That was pretty cool. Shout out to Carlos. Yeah, Carlos, He uh, we did not go down the tubing hill. It was actually closed for, for weather due to icy conditions. But seeing a wedding party, he, uh, he escorted us up to the top of the tubing hill by elevator yeah. and uh, got some pictures up there. How do you not get to go down a tubing hill because of icy conditions? I don't know, Justin. I, I, it was it was warm, too warm, and this, all the snow was going to be all screwed up for later on. Uh, I think that was the condition, not really icy condition. Okay. I don't know. Next, I next question. Yeah, Eric, Eric was a little drunk at that time, so he doesn't really oh, This was going to lead to my question. My next question is, <laughs> did anybody fall down? It's not a true wedding where you stand up if nobody falls down. I can say I did not fall down. My, my wife did. My wife did. Well, she was in the wedding, too. So Because of inebriation? Yes. Yeah! I like it! <laughs> <laughs> that counts. That counts. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. What did you root for, Eric? My root for, I did piggyback on Sean with uh, my brother's wedding. So shout out once again, Mark and Hannah. Congratulations. Uh, my sports root for, I did take uh, just kind of watching a good weekend, you know, kind of quiet weekend of football. The Army-Navy game is always a classic. Uh, it was, came down to the wire. It was an ugly game. It was a snooze fest. But guess what, Justin? The over hit for the first time in like 15 years, I think. I don't know the exact stat. The over hit. It might as well be. I think it was like 28 and a half or something like that. The oh over hit because of the last second safety. Oh, that, you know what I watched? I didn't watch a single lick of that game. 
I watched Wisconsin get their ass beat by Arizona. Arizona put on a rough. show. That was awesome. Not for Wisconsin, though. <laughs> no, it was not great for Wisconsin at all. But you know what? I also got to throw in here, and I had been trying to make mention of this throughout the shows, and I, you know, I always end up usually making this a part of my root for, but the Green Bay Phoenix men are four or five and six now in the season. Yeah, five. Five wins already, almost doubling their win total from last year <laughs> under the new regime of Coach Wicks and uh, the juice. Bring in the juice and led by Noah Reynolds, the transfer from Wyoming, who they the Green Bay Phoenix stole from Wisconsin. NIL money. Big NIL money. Eric, <laughs> you can attest to that because you're an alum. You are a part of stealing players from Wisconsin. I know the big donations you make. You got deep pockets, my friend, and I know what you did to the Badgers. I I wish I could take credit for that. I <laughs> I wish, but um, no, got, so deep, I, got deep pockets, but not but not for that. <laughs> I don't want to know. I don't, don't want to go that far into this conversation. But <laughs> you lost me. All seriousness, getting a big win. They were a twelve and a half point dog against UIC on Wednesday night or Tuesday night, excuse me. And able to, they only led for 0.5 seconds of the game, but it was the last 0.5 seconds with a tip in at the buzzer coming back from multiple double digit deficits in both halves of the game. Was that at the rush? No, it was in Chicago. Huge. On the road, getting the win against Missouri Valley school uh, in the 110th matchup. Now get this boys. I was going to say Justin, but Sean, you too. Green Bay leads that rivalry, sixty-six to forty-four. Well, yeah, because of Dick Bennett. But I was going to say, tone. big tone. They also, I think, the last four or five all went to Chicago as well. Um, speaking of Green Bay basketball, also have to shout out to Coach Kevin Borseth on the women's side. Gets yeah. his eighth hundredth career win last yeah. night at the Crest Center, also against UIC who I learned last night had never won at the, in Green Bay. Not many teams have, you know what I'm saying? No, not many teams have. wins. The greatest. Uh, he, that's put among all NCAA women's coaches, that puts him at 20th overall, eighth among active coaches. So shout out Kevin Borseth, career win 800. It was UW-Green Bay win 488. Say that again. So it was 188 or 488. 488. They won 488. No, his. What are you talking about right now, Eric? It was. I don't think our listeners can decipher what you're saying. You said Green Bay won 488. They scored 488. No, 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 Justin. No, no, no. (laughs) No, it's just you, Justin. It's just you. Sean's got this. Think about the scores book out of that. You know, like, no, it was yeah. Kevin Borseth's 488th win at UW Green Bay. And Green Bay was 88 for 120 at the free throw line. Sure. <laughs> sure. Longest game in NCAA history. <laughs> <laughs> so those would be my big root for us. Um, but with the positives do come the negatives, and that leads us to our Tyler Hero noogie of the week or in justin your noogie of the last year now this is not the kevin king dumpster fire of the year 
because that'll come next week at the award show. Ooh. Dumpster fire of the year. Do I do I just say it for me personally in case I can't make next year's show? If you want to, by all next next week's show. I'm sorry, next (laughs) next year. I'm already counting out the year, Eric. I'm sorry. The floor is yours, Justin. Lead us off. Okay. So my hero noogie of the week. Let's go with none other than Joe Barry. How do you sit there and let a third straight quarterback pick you apart? Are you kidding me? Put the fire on this guy. You have you haven't put pressure on him all game. You're rushing for why? Why? I, I don't even know how many words I could say about how absolutely atrocious that decision was to lose that game, to take a a, a one game lead in the playoffs, uh, to play uh, hopefully Minnesota in the coming weeks for a six or a five seed to play a game where you actually think you could win the first round. But no, you sit back and you let rookie cornerbacks play against receivers that have a little bit more experience than these guys. And now you've got this guy who's rushed for 80 yards on your shit defense because you don't put pressure on. It's an absolutely terrible decision. I tweeted it out. I thought they should have left his ass in New York, and I still think they should have left his ass in New York. He's terrible, and I hope, and I can't wait for them to hire Jim Leonard as their next defensive coordinator. I got a couple things on that. First of all, and I know we'll talk about this in greater depth later in the episode, so I'm going to keep this pretty service level. He sucks. Jim Leonard or Al Harris? Jim Leonard. Because Al Harris is getting a lot of buzz in that – that with his work with the BBs in Dallas. Just he say it. Go to a defensive coordinator from a <coughs> <coughs> Just say there's, it. There's steps it to this game, Eric. I, I don't disagree. I'm just saying. that's That's been some talk as of late. But I don't want no thing, Al Harris. I don't want no Al Harris. I want Jim Leonard. Green Bay wants Jim Leonard. Wisconsin wants Jim Leonard. And Packer fans want Jim Leonard. Give the damn fans what they want one damn time. And if they're wrong, let them chew on that bone then. I don't disagree one bit. Uh, I, I think the most frustrating part of that game and how it ends just has to be the fact that this New York Giants pass or pass defense pass blocking was awful all season. They gave up the most sacks all season long. You don't get one. Not you a single pressure on them. No pressures. It, and if you look at, I think I had tweeted the photo on, on my Twitter, but the the flat was so wide open. Tommy Cutlets, Tommy DeVito's not going to beat you over the top. They had been going to the flat all game. It's simple. I mean, you play Madden for more than, you know, five seconds. You play some Tampa 2, you play a little press coverage, you play the flat. Especially on a quarterback who's not going to beat you over the top. But who in like like let's be serious. Who in New York's receiving core scares you? No one. I I didn't know who the hell Wandale Robert Robinson Wandale Rob, Robertson Robinson whatever his name was. 
Never heard of the guy. He we made him look like freaking Devonte Adams. We had prime time twenty thirteen Colin Kaepernick running all over our ass. Yeah. Now Wandale is Wandale Robs, Jalen Hyatt, um, the Hud, the Hudgens kid yep. that scored the touchdown. That was a great reception, and he earned it. And you can feel good about that touchdown because you know what? He earned it. It was a great throw and it was a great catch, right? Robinson was a stud coming out of college, out of out of Kentucky. Hyatt, they've got a lot of hope for a little speedy guy coming out. You know, the Packers were kind of linked to him coming out of the draft a, a little bit. But nobody scares you. Nobody superly scares you to where you can't at least try to put these cornerbacks. And Valentine has played tremendous all year long, one-on-one. He's kind of filled the gap of when you've lost uh, Jair that you can't try and put him on an island against a third-string quarterback and make him make bad decisions. You let him sit back. You let him view your whole shit defense, and you let him pick them apart. That is absolutely terrible, terrible coaching. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, what do you got for Nuggie for us this week? Uh, I'm going to go Draymond. Ooh, for nice. just, just, I don't know what the heck he's get, what he's gotten into here, but it, it's not. <laughs> so for, for our listeners who don't know, Draymond Green of the uh, Golden State Warriors indefinitely suspended after another physical altercation with another player. I believe it's the second or third of the season this year alone. Yeah. Did he punch second, a midget or something? Second all time for ejections. All time? All time. Who's first? Is it Ron Artest? No. Rodman, right? No. Really? Oh, Lambeer. Pistons. Lambeer. No. Isaiah. No. O no. four Pistons. Ben Wallace. Other one. Rip Hamilton. No. Other Wallace. Rasheed Wallace. There you go. Oh. Really? Yeah. He's got like twenty six or something like that. And Draymond's at no. I you know you know now that you say that I think there was like that was like uh, the Latrell. This is way before you guys, but that was like the Latrell Sprewell when he mm-hmm. punched the coach. I think it was Musselman or something like that. But they the NBA instituted the rule that if you got five ejections, you were suspended for a game. Yep. And I think it was the. I think they called that the Rasheed Wallace rule. Yep. Yeah. Now they're going to call it the Draymond Green because he was the. I think he was probably the first player to get 16 technicals and have to set out a game too. No, I did. Did he do that last year? I thought that was Rasheed. They, they it might have been too. But that's a solid nuggie. I'm going to stay in the world of basketball for my nuggie, and. Honestly, I probably there's a lot to choose from last night. Uh, for the first time in my time doing uh, the Packer Player Show on the fan, we had our Packer hosts not show up. Um, Who was the it? First time it was Kingsley Nagbare. Oh, that's your guy too, isn't it? You're like you're in love with that guy. I, I liked him as a draft pick. He was the guy that I projected, but uh, it was one of those where he. It was just kind of a miscommunication. He was in rehab for his – or not rehab. That sounds terrible. His, he was in therapy for his toe injury, getting work done on the with the medical staff, and uh, 
six o'clock rolled around last night and he was not able to make the show. So first time in the 12 or so years that the Packer player show on the fan has been going on and we did not have a Packer player, but um, my noogie is going to come to the Pacers as a whole team. The, the debacle last night that happened uh, when Giannis wanted the game ball allegedly to give to Damian Lillard for becoming fifth all-time in three-pointers made. Also had a franchise record for himself uh, with 64 points, which money would argue. He ain't giving that ball up. I don't disagree. I'm just – I'm telling the story as it came out. So uh, the Pacers, which – were the road team. I think that's a big part of this. Pacers on the road come in and a player, a rookie on the piston, gets his first career point. Which ends up technically not really even being true because he also scored in the in-season tournament. Yeah, but that didn't... But that, it didn't, It doesn't count. Which is... I don't want to talk... I don't even want to talk about the stupid in-season tournament. How stupid. I liked it. I liked it a lot, actually. Just play the goddamn games. Cut it to 64 games. Play the goddamn games. You want to play your little five-game five, five game tournament at the end of 64 games, you go right ahead for seeding and move on with your damn life. This is dumb. It's just dumb. Play basketball. <laughs> Regardless. Glad to be back, Eric. I, I'm Mr. glad to have you back. Mr. Negativity. But... So he gets his first career point last night. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton and the rest of the Pacers grab the ball, walk off the court, and Giannis goes chasing after them to the locker room to get the ball back. And apparently there was some words said. There was some conundrum with trying to get, with players trying to get into the Pacers hallway and the Pacers locker room. Uh, yeah, just kind of a mess as a whole thing. And, Apparently, the other thing of it is, too, is there's supposed to be two balls that are considered game balls. Uh, one is more or less an alternate. I feel like if you're the road team, you have to take that alternate. Like, you shouldn't get the game ball on the home team's floor where something happens. Interesting question. Uh, interesting topic uh, brought up in the game ball situation because um, the other night when we played Kiwani. Um, Coach Lynn Geyer for Kiwani won her 350th game. Outstanding achievement. Lynn is one of the best, um, a great competitor. I truly enjoyed uh, coaching against her uh, a couple times. Um, But as you bring this up, when you hit a landmark in coaching like that, it's nice to receive the game ball and take the game ball. Her assistants graciously came up to me. asked me for the game ball. They were well-prepared, brought a game ball to exchange for the actual ball that was played in the game. Um, That is, I mean, obviously this is way different levels, and we're talking about way different budgets, but uh, just in that sense, um, at that level, I think I might agree with you, Eric, that you you should just take the alternate ball. Um, In fact, I don't, I don't know how anybody else really feels about it, but, like, for a free throw or something, like, use that ball, the alternate ball, so you could say it was an actually game-used ball and not just an alternate ball. So 
both teams have something they can, and, and this doesn't happen. But, I mean, didn't this really start with, like, Giannis, like, giving them, giving them the old forearm shiver? That was, like, a, yeah. right, on, right on that old jaw of his, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, that was part of it too. It was a very heated game. They're I believe they're their third time playing in the last two weeks, and they'll play again in another two weeks at the end of the at the end of the month. In New Year's Day in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee. Yeah, that's going down. Bobby Porter's is going to lay the hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Speaking of ejections, but yeah, it, it's just one of those like I said where I feel like. The situation, I mean, the home team, I think, has the right to get the game ball. A couple, there's an NBA record accomplished or an NBA milestone. There's a franchise milestone. You're on their home floor. They get the ball. So. I would agree. I don't, I don't, I mean, who gives a shit? It's a basketball. Right. Right. Let me, let me ask you, if I bounce the ball, if I go pump up a brand new ball and I bounce it on, on the Pacers court six times and I tell you that it's from whatever goddamn game, is anybody ever going to know the difference? How are you going to prove it? This isn't serial numbered basketball. Who gives a shit? Well, and that's it's interesting you mentioned that and just, you know, we're going to take a little bit of a detour, but like when, when you get like a, a football card or a baseball card or whatever and it has player worn jersey. First of all, it doesn't even specify it has to be the game. Like, they can, you know, they do these photo shoots. They put on, like, six jerseys at the same time, and they can all say that these are player-worn. It's not a lie. It's not game-worn, but it's player-worn. So all these different card companies, they all do stuff like that. So it's, like you said, it's this is a game-used ball. I mean, who cares? But fun little nugget for you. Um, with that, we move on to... Our Wisconsin web story of the week, and got a couple of them here. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask you guys, and actually I'll probably save these for next week. So we're gonna go with. Oh, make sure I be there. Hopefully, um, I'm not gonna get into the specifics of the case because it's it's very sad. It's all allegations, but. For those in the Green Bay area, know about the page called Green Bay Crime Reports. Everybody yeah. knows that one. Everybody knows that one. It's a very popular. Uh, when well, we go for the comments. Um, <laughs> that comments said, yesterday, the admin of that page was arrested. Ooh. And it's it's been a page that has. I would say has kind of gone downhill as of the last couple months, last year or so. When did he get arrested? Uh, she got arrested yesterday for allegedly, covering my bases here, allegedly for elder abuse and animal abuse. Awesome. No, that's sad. I said it was sad. I, I'm not getting into the case itself. All I'm saying is... Did you read up on the case, Eric? Yes, I did. I did read the news article. Did you have the specifics? I, I have some of the specifics, yes. It Shut is. up! Come on, Eric. Be a reporter. You're a journalist. Tell us. Let me comment yeah. on it. Allegedly, again, very key words here. Allegedly, 
the criminal complaint issued by the Green Bay Police Department in Brown County is that the party Elizabeth Drake, who is the person who got arrested, who was running the page, was arrested for keeping her bedridden mother in filthy conditions, um, including and up to where the mother was found covered in bed sores, urine, and bug droppings in a home in filthy conditions. Uh, started with a delivery driver coming to the premise and hearing the mother screaming for help out the window. Uh, the delivery driver called 911. Police showed up. And instantly, the officer, officer, arresting officer said he immediately noticed a strong odor of animal, garbage, urine, and feces. There was hardly a path to walk due to all the garbage on the floor. Um, officer Moore also observed bugs all over the home. Uh, the complainant, which is the uh, mother of Elizabeth Drake, has said that she had not gotten out of bed in over a year after breaking her leg and having a leg injury last year where she was bedridden and relied on her daughter, Elizabeth, to help her move um, and was taken to the hospital for, again, the bed sores and the filthy conditions. Um also saying that she could not remember the last time she took a shower, used the bathroom and the toilet, or the last time she was even at the doctor. All right, I'm done with it. That's enough. Like, oh. I told you it was sad. I didn't want to yeah. get into it, but what's wrong with people? That's uh, dumb. I will add just the the comment from Elizabeth Drake when when talked about it and when she told police. Allegedly, her characterization was that the mother chose to live in this environment, has lived in this environment all of her life, and that she had talked about wanting to soundproof the windows to drown out the helping or the cries for help, um, and that she allegedly wanted to be able to do whatever she wanted, wanted to get her mother out of her beer. So she was glad that that the law enforcement and the authorities got involved so she could go back and spend time on her computer. That is an exact quote. Oh, she sits... Well, whatever. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, so that is the current situation with that case. We will have some more positive because I've heard some articles uh, involving the Christmas season in the state of Wisconsin that I had found in preparation for this, but that is a big news story that I don't think could go ignored. Well, yeah, she's too busy. She can't clean her goddamn house because she's too busy being a dink on social media. <laughs> yes. Well, clean your house! Yes. Um, also, some of the allegations about uh, Harassing other family members, throwing eggs at them was another situation. I'm not again. I'm not going to go into that, but that's also. She got a trail to the egg, the egg station, or what? No idea. The, the carton, the fridge, <laughs> probably, probably uh, left out eggs for a year. I, not touching that. Let's move on. Yeah. All right. So. Back to the world of sports and, and fun things to talk about. Uh, we go around the state of Wisconsin. We're going to start with the Milwaukee Brewers, who Justin just seemed rip-roaring ready to talk about as he joined the show. We had our pre-production brief meeting. 
So, Justin, since you've been gone <laughs> in the last year, the Brewers did win another division title, were an early exit in the playoffs, have lost their manager, have lost one of their starting pitchers. Uh, Roddy Telez is now a Pittsburgh Pirate. Um, Big step up there, old Rowdy. The Brewers also have extended a player who has never played in the majors to a 10-year contract, up to 10-year contract. Second highest paid player on the Brewers, and he doesn't even play above double A. Triple A. Good job. He made triple A last year. Um, They also have agreed or came to terms with the state of Wisconsin to remain in Wisconsin through the 2050 season. Great job, Republicans. You did a great job. I don't even want to go political, but what a dumb, dumb, dumb. I hate Republicans. I I think <laughs> I don't hate Republicans, but like this is just like they did this deal just so they could say they were the one that did the deal. The, 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 the one Tony Evers wanted to do was a far better deal than what these Nimrods came up with. Like this is the state of not even not even our nation's politics, but this is the state of our state's politics. Like, I'm right, you're wrong, let's do a deal where we make the taxpayers pay more money and it's going to be great. Whatever. That's me. Move on. I don't want to talk politics on a sports show. (laughs) Uh, The Brewers also made a trade today to acquire right-handed pitcher Taylor Clark, age 30, who was 3-6 last year with a 5-9-5 ERA in 56 relief appearances and two starts. He struck out 65, walked 24 in 59 innings, a career 15 and 15 record with a 503 ERA at the big league level at 183 games. Uh, he had also pitched for the Arizona Diamondbacks from 2019 to 2021, of course, spending the last two years with the Kansas City Royals. Uh, they did trade two prospects for him. They also made a one-year deal with former World Series champion Joe Ross who has not pitched in a major league game since August 2021. Hey, now, it worked out for him last year. Who was the guy they picked up that didn't – he wasn't pitching. He was like – Colin Ray. Yeah. No, 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 no. Not him. Julio Tehran. Yeah, him. He was really good for a long section of the season. He just got – I mean, when he pitched, they just would not give him any run support. He was actually – like – I remember seeing he had like a 3.43 ERA over like 12 starts or something like that. He, you know, if they could get this guy some some run support, did they bring him back? No, I believe he was uh, waived at one point through the season. That was a good decision. We should, um, sign, we, we should sign the guy that's got, you know, a, a 7 ERA for a shitty team and get rid of the guy that has a 3.43 ERA, you know? Also, I would be oh, remiss. They're all smart, everybody, Eric. Well, speaking of outsmarting, I would be remiss if I did not mention the Shohei Otani deal, which basically resets all of baseball contracts. Shohei Otani agrees. This contract is so interesting to me, Eric, because the guy that I work with um, makes a great point. Why, like, why would you defer six hundred and eighty million dollars? 
Well, the argument would be so that you don't actually have it on the books the next handful of seasons so you can actually get players, including today they go and acquire Tyler Glass now from the Rays. Sure. Well, how much is that $680 million going to be worth in 10 years when he starts collecting it? Well, it's $68 million a season or for 10 years, so I feel like he's going to be... He's going to be okay. Well, yeah. I mean, he's okay. He makes $45 million on endorsements a year now, right? Like, I get why he's doing it because he wants to win, and that's actually, you know, hey, knock on wood, Aaron Rodgers. Are you listening to how this whole thing (laughs) freaking works? But, you know, if it's me and you and I've got $680 million staring me in the face, if I take that money now and I – invest it now what is it worth at the end of 20 years i i also think that the taxes were way different with if he took it as the as he deferred it too so he didn't have to pay so much in taxes right kay lives in california which very heavy income tax do with it also okay now it is it is interesting because deferred contracts as a whole are nothing new to baseball. Uh, well, the Bobby Bonilla deal, that's the most famous one, right? Right. The Brewers currently have three deals that they're paying out on a yearly basis right now. Gosh, I think uh, Ken Griffey's getting paid yet. He is also getting paid by the Cincinnati Reds. Ryan Braun will be paid by the Brewers through 2031 at $1.8 million per year on that deal. Um, I believe Christian Yelich's contract will have deferred years. Uh, Colton Wong has deferred money that'll go against uh, for the last season this year. And Lorenzo Cain also will be collecting a paycheck from the Brewers, I believe, this coming season as well. Or for the next couple years, through 2027, Lorenzo Cain collects a million dollars a year. So nothing new in the scheme of baseball, but... I could see how I want to defer, but, like... I want to like do what Lorenzo did. Like, give me a million ye- a, a year on July, or like Bobby Bonilla did. Give me a million a year on July first for the next thirty-five years, and that's great, right? But I'm not gonna defer six hundred and eighty million dollars. Like, that's crazy to me. Well, and the I think the crazy part is so okay. He signs this ten-year seventy mil- seven hundred million dollar contract. He's only taking two. I know we talked about the math. He's only taking two million dollars a year while he's playing. Right. Which, I mean, I know when I first saw that contract. So before they talked about the deferment on Saturday afternoon when that story broke, you know, you're sitting there, you're thinking, well, the Dodgers have to win probably two or three World Series out of this to make it worth their time. Bare minimum. Right. I mean, how do how do we look back at this contract in ten years from now? When the deferred money starts hitting, if Shohei is retired or whatever, if they don't win a single World Series, and they're going to pay a guy $68 million to be retired sitting on a beach somewhere in no World Series. Let me ask you a question, boys. Is there anybody in the history of baseball the game of baseball, all the way until, you know, you're playing in Iowa on a goddamn cornfield. Is there anybody 
in baseball that's ever been worth $70 million a year. $700 million. You, you got the way I look at it, you, you got an ace pitcher that you pay 30, 35 million dollars to, and then you got your best hitter, your MVP of the, of the league, and in your lineup every day. Is it really any different? Let me ask you would you pay 35 million dollars for a guy that's coming off of Tommy John? Now I would consider it. Tommy John has gone from a career death sentence to guys are getting it preemptively. I'm signing Julio Toran for $2 million and giving me 3.43 ERA instead of signing some jelly arm. <laughs> Whatever. For $70 million, it's just stupid. Like, it's just dumb. Like, all you're doing is pricing yourself out of the market. Like, do we really think Toronto was anywhere close to paying $70 million a year for this dude? Was L.A. even close? Like, were the Angels close? You just came up with this dumbass number of $700 million. And now you're guaranteed to pay him this. Like, he's th- how old is he? Is he 30 already? Shohei is... He is 20... He's 29. He'll hit his age 30 season in July. <laughs> so five years out of this, dude? Maybe? Yeah, like, unless he juices, like, he's not... This is dumb. This is dumb. Like, the game of baseball should think this is absolutely dumb. Because now this is the reason you have – this is what happens in the NFL, right? Like, now the Chiefs are paying Marquez Valdez-Scantling $11 million a year, and he can't catch a cold for crying out loud. Like, this is – now we're going to end up having to pay a Julio Tehran $11 million a year for – whole hum baseball like it's just dumb it's this is what's wrong with baseball in the sense that there's no salary cap it should be get i don't care about the luxury tax i don't whatever like baseball is so far screwed up they can't get out of their own way and you end up with a stupid stupid contract of 10 years 700 million now now, for what it's worth, like Sean, I will say, like Sean pointed out, this is a two-way player. There's not a whole lot of them in the major league level. The only comparable one that I can even remotely point out is Michael Lorenzen, who the Phillies acquired from the Tigers this season. Prior to the start of the season, Michael Did Lorenzen. Did he play quarterback for Kentucky? That's Jared Lorenzen. That's oh, the hefty lefty. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, you don't talk bad about old Jared. You know I, what I'm I, I don't hey. speak ill of the dead. Hey. R.I.P. Yeah, uh, but Jeff my, uh, Mike Lorenzen signed a one-year $8.5 million contract to start the season. <laughs> this is the shit I'm talking about, Eric. 
Uh, his highest contract, I mean, it's basically, this was his highest contract at $8.5 million. Oh, my God. Baseball is so daft. <laughs> it is ridiculous. I, I, I'm, whatever. Now, this, this contract, this stupid 10-year, $100 million, or $700 million contract leads you to sign a double-A baseball player to a 10-year, $82 million contract. Now, I get your point. I get the things that you're going to say. Like, it's going to pay off in the end. What if it doesn't? I mean, if it doesn't pay off, as long as – I mean, even you're if you – paying a minor league baseball player $8.2 million. He never gets pulled up. He never makes the main roster. What, what happens? Now you've just upped every prospect – in your organization is going to see that you did that. And now you're going to have to pay him. Like if I'm Mizorowski or whatever his name is, I'm not playing for less than $4 million a year. I'm the top, I'm the top prospect outside of this nitwit. Right? Am I wrong? I don't, I don't think you're wrong in that aspect. I, I think the, you're going to pull him up at some point just because you're financially tied to the guy. And as long as he produces at somewhat not terrible levels, I mean, like I said, Michael Lorenzen, uh, fuck, uh, Jesse Winker made seven million dollars this last year a season. This is what's wrong with like he's a he's a like in, in NFL he's a seven hundred and twenty thousand dollar player. Mm-hmm. He's league minimum. It's dumb. Baseball and money is dumb. And it's so leaned towards big market teams. It's dumb. It's whatever. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going on a a rant. But, like, this is absolutely what is wrong with baseball. Like, super mega pack teams and, and all the, like, are the Dodgers, is their payroll going to be a billion dollars this year? It's going to be damn close, all things considered. Like, that's stupid. Like, are they going to make make a billion dollars in ticket sales, in TV marketing sales? The interesting thing about it, though, is just how often these, like, top payroll teams don't make the playoffs. That's the wild part to me. Like, I mean, we talk about, like, Boston has missed out the last few years. The Yankees have missed out the last few years. The Mets, I think, set a new record last season. They didn't even sniff the playoffs. They were sellers of the trade deadline. The Padres. The Padres, them too. So, yeah, it's wild how often that doesn't come to fruition. Where you've got teams like the Orioles, the Rays. Oh, I hope that happens to the Dodgers. The I Brewers made the playoffs at every, every year under Craig Council. Bills. A bottom half payroll. So, anyway, uh, staying in stupid. the city of Milwaukee. The Milwaukee Bucks, 17 stupid and 7 Republicans in the year. Republicans and stupid baseball, Eric. <laughs> stupid Republicans and stupid baseball. <laughs> Well, let's talk about another deal that was done politically speaking. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks staying in town due to building the Pfizer a few years back. Uh, we talked about the Bucks Pacer situation. The Bucks seventeen and seven on the year. Uh, they will play. 
Like, I mean, honestly, right? Like, you get Dame Lillard and, and you get rid of Drew Holiday and, and Grayson Allen and whatever that trade is. Like, you don't sit here, what is that, 24 games into the season and think that you're going to be 17 and 7. I don't. I didn't, right? Like, your anticipation is, like, we're not losing to the Pacers a couple times in Tyrese Halliburton. You're not. So, like, to look at it 24 games into the season and say that it's not disappointing, I would disagree with you. It is disappointing. We, we should be taking the lead by storm, and they're just uh, – they're coasting. I know we talked, we talked about this with Dylan when he was on a few weeks back and, you know, trying to kind of find the rhythm. I, I will give them this. They are currently the two seed in the East. The only team better than them right now – is the Boston Celtics at 18 and 5, which is a, a two loss difference and a one win difference? Yes, still. Like. But I think the big thing that sticks out here is I mean, the points per game is up. The points per game is looks like second in the East. But the points, opponent points per game, they are one of the worst teams in the, or in the East. At 119.5. So their margin of victory on average is only 3.8 points. Well, yeah, because they give up 4,000 points a game and they score 4,003. Like, <laughs> defensively, they're, the, like, they're terrible. It's hard to watch. Like, I thought Giannis was a, wasn't he like a three time defensive player of the year, two time? Something like that, yeah. Like, yeah. Does, does he even play defense anymore? What? Isn't that the reason we kept Lopez is because he's a rim protector? The only thing he's protecting is his throw, man. Like, it's terrible. Get going already. Sick of it. I don't I brought positivity to this show, Eric. I, that's what you're here for. <laughs> I uh, not laugh at that. Knock on wood, positively speaking. <laughs> They do play their next game out is Saturday against the Pacers, who have lost 21 straight. I'll tell you what, at the trade deadline, they got to find some defensive players. That's for sure. Uh, the Bucks, this broke yesterday via the Athletic, are not expected to be buyers in terms of trades at the deadline. They are expected to be heavy into the buyout market. Yeah. Okay. Maybe so, Rasheed Wallace is still on the market. They'll go get him. <laughs> Get a couple technicals and fire their asses up to play some goddamn defense. You're turning them out. <laughs> How do you really feel, Justin? Wow, come on. This is like, <laughs> let's talk about something fun. Like, how bad Joe Barry is. I'll go on that again, you know? Like, want to talk college? Want, want to talk some college hoops? No, I don't want to talk college hoops. Because Arizona whooped Wisconsin's ass this weekend. It was terrible. They always, like, Marquette's about to lose to goddamn St. Thomas right now. Who also lost to Green Bay. Yeah, they're terrible. It's unbelievable. What's the what's going on with the state of Wisconsin sports here? Green Bay women are pretty good. Well. <laughs> yeah, rinse and repeat, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> that's that's Coach Borseth. He's the man, you know. Like, let's get 
let's get Sonny Wicks on. Let, let's talk some juice, you know. We have positivity with, with, with the big win, like almost doubling up the last season's win total. Like, how awesome, like, people are starting to pay attention to what Sonny's doing there, right? Like, holy you know cow. The, the most impressive and kind of telling thing about how kind of sneaky good this team is. So last year, after the season, with the two head coaches between, I can't remember the, the interim coach's name, former Badger. Freddie Owens. Thank you, Freddie Owens um, and Will Ryan. The the Green Bay Phoenix were 362 out of 363 teams in the net rankings, done by the NCAA. That is good for second last in all of college basketball. Yep. Um, he spoke with, about that with us, didn't he? The, 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 yes. The, that was one of his calling cards, like Phoenix Rise or whatever. Now, Hart, uh, Hartford, the only team worse than them, Dropped Division One basketball, so they were essentially, for all intents purposes, dead last. In the span of their five and six or well, eleven games, they have risen. Hashtag Rise with Us. That's their thing. Besides, bring your own juice. Rise with us, Justin and Sean. They are currently, after their win against UIC on Tuesday night. They have risen to 239th in the rank net rankings, which that's still a lot of work to go. Sonny Wicks' goal is to be in the top 100. To break into 100, he wants to get into the top 100. But to get from 362 to 239 in the course of 11 games is nothing short of impressive. Oops, crazy good. A lot of work to be done. Still, I mean, no, every coach in the world will tell you they're not satisfied with the number one, but. I'll tell you what, if I'm sitting at any other school and I've got a head coaching opening, I've looked at this, what this dude is doing in one year in a span of, what'd you say, 11 games? 11 games. He's, he's changed the culture. He's changed the outlook. He has risen the program in just 11 games and, and people feel good about it. I don't like, I can't tell you what the, what the uh, attendance stats are or whatever. Right. Their last what? attendance. I can tell you this because it's from ESPN. So they've, the, the attendance is still skewed because it looks like a very empty arena, but like when you watch it on ESPN plus, you can also tell that there's more now than there had been in the last three years. Uh, the idiots should just usher people down is what they should do. I believe for their game against UW-Milwaukee, they had 2,300 people there. It's pretty good. Like, I mean, we could go back and forth, and we asked Coach this when we interviewed him, but, like, if we should be playing games at the Resh or, or at at the Crest, like, if you get 23, like, now when you're 5 and 6, at the up tempo, like, what are you going to sell um, recruits on or, or potential transfers on? Like, where we're playing, what kind of arena we've got, um, the whole playing field, and all that jazz, you know, that kids care about. I, it's hard for me if I'm sitting around, like, it, 
Green Bay is going to have to work their ass off to hold on to this guy for as long as they can. I, I, I think it's possible, honestly, if, if this trends even to a 500-looking record for the whole year, he might get looks at different jobs. That's an amazing job. Like, he did an amazing job. Like, Will Ryan absolutely depleted and tore this program down to studs. To studs. I'd say less than that. He took it, he took down to the very foundation. Yeah. And what Sonny Wicks has done in, in just a little less than a year, or well, a couple months less than a year, is outstanding. I'm excited, but I'm. Hope Green Bay can hold on to him for as long as they can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I believe his his date of hire. I'm, I'm gonna pull this up just so I have it for reference here. We had him on the show on the Back to the Root show eight months ago, according to YouTube. I don't have an exact date. Eight months ago. So in less than the time it takes to create a human life, the guy has created new life with the Green Bay Phoenix. Yeah. I don't know if I would have put it like that, but sure. (laughs) (laughs) One way to put it. How would I put it? I don't know. I don't don't know how I'd put it. Less than a human life, I don't know. I don't want to talk about where I'd put it. It works out. Uh, They do have uh, an interesting contest. I'll put it that way. Their next matchup, they do go on the road to Norman, Oklahoma to face the 11th-ranked Sooners. Which could could be a a tough one to watch. It also could be a big coming out party. Just yeah. I'm I'm running the positivity train here. Yeah. Well. The big thing, and I I love this comparison for anybody that's watched the show Ted Lasso or seen anything on the internet about Ted Lasso. The guy is energy. Ted Lasso. Well, Ted Lasso and Sonny Wicks. Oh, Sonny. But if you can if you can get your team to possibly buy in to, to beating a Big Twelve top eleventh ranked team in the country any given Saturday. I don't disagree. Like, I don't disagree. But I don't Would I bet my house on it? No. But exactly, that's the point. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I, I think it would be great, but, you know, they'll put the cart before the horse, you know. They, you know how they say that? Like, he's doing a great job. If they compete, if if they can stick around in the game to halftime or just a little bit over halftime and they're not blown out of the gym right away, like, that, that that's really where, where we're at in, in the talent. Like, if we could have a good horizon um, season. Like oh, absolutely! Stick with these dudes that long. I think that's a great start. Sonny is doing a great job. Um, just, I hope we hang on to him for as long as we can. I love, I love his energy. I love everything about him. I, I, I love. I think I said that when we interviewed him, uh, Eric. Like, I, I instantly fell in love with Sonny Wicks. Like the the way this dude is just balls to the wall. He's bouncing off of walls. He's bringing you on juice. I think he called us knuckleheads. 
I thought that was awesome. Like, you are publicly putting yourself out there. You are trying to reach every single thing you can to put you and this program in the limelight. Like, come be with us. Bring your own juice. Be a part of who we are going to be. Okay? And I think that is, I think he's done a terrific job in such a short time. Um, to help this program move in the positive direction. Side note, are you watching the volleyball game, Eric? I am. Rough. Like it, come it's on. set point. Yeah, come on, girls. It's bump set spike. Like, let's go. Like <laughs> Texas takes that one. Get the dig. Let's go. Like, come on. They, they got Texas a six just... foot nine girl, Eric. We've got a six foot nine girl. My wife saw her in an elevator. My <laughs> wife is five foot two. <laughs> That's why my, my wife instantly texted me right away. She's like, honey, honey. Oh my God, she's so tall. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. there's guys like that all over the place. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Justin, what else you guys talk for us here? We haven't talked oh, about yeah. football with you yet. Have you Badger guys been football. talking Badger football? We tried to a little bit each week. Uh, they did get their bowl assignments. They will be playing in the Relia Quest Bowl, uh, formerly known as the Outback Bowl, which traditionally speaking has gone well for Wisconsin. I have bowl. a feeling it will not this year. That be, Well, you know Jane Daniels, they played it. Doesn't matter. Oh come on! I'm I'm gonna be a negative guy here. I don't think it matters. That is a eight and a half point spread right now. Is that what it is? Yeah. I, I think Cade Yakamelli is gonna run for three thousand yards in that game. I did want to ask. So the Badgers did land another transfer quarterback, and that was. I don't like it. That was my next question. I was going to ask what you think, as I am, I'm not wowed by it. it. Sean, what do you know about this? What What do you know about Tyler Van Dyke? What do you know about transfer quarterbacks for Wisconsin? That we we haven't had a good one since Russell Wilson. Hmm, that's an interesting. I think you're right. All right, I think Tanner Mordecai, if he would have. Stayed healthy all year. Would have been awesome. Uh, maybe maybe not uh, awesome. Now, I, I was been, not sold on get, him. I'm going to be honest with you. We get two more wins with Tanner. I really believe that. No. Because Tanner's legs started to come around. I will Here's give you the that. Problem. Here's will, the problem. Before, Tyler before, Van Dyke doesn't have any legs. Right. He's got no legs. And what I'm disappointed on is that in the portal, they were tied to two um, quarterbacks within the portal. One was the quarterback from Toledo. His last name's Finn, Daquan Finn, I believe. Great rushing quarterback was the was the MAC Player of the Year, and then they were tied to Tyler Van Dyke. Now there's been reports that they might have been priced out of the Daquan Finn sweepstakes. And so he's heavy on Baylor. 
Texas money. So, you, you know, maybe that's the case. I really wish they would have ended up with Daquan Finn. Maybe he's not the passer that Tyler Van Dyke is. There are also some reports that Longo um, kind of vetoed who was going to grab who because Fickle was in love with Finn. And, and Longo kind of said that, you know, Van Dyke kind of fits my system a lot better. And, and with, with uh, Longo really kind of being the head coach of the offense, um, he vetoed the whole situation. And, and that's, that's the uh, assumed rumor. So I'm going to ask you this, Justin and Sean, because it was wasn't the year that a lot of Badger fans had expected. I I think it's about what was going to happen, given how bad the program really was when Luke Fickle took over. Because I mean, everybody expects you to take over and you know transfer portal, yada yada yada. You you know you're expected to be in the college football playoff, which wasn't realistic. A lot of the expectations. Coming in probably weren't realistic. I think seven and five was a pretty decent uh, outcome. So first, I guess kind of starting here, who would your dream quarterback have been? What, uh, not even of the two that they were linked to, but dream fit. If you could, if if money and everything was equal, which we know it's not, but who would your guy have been? Archie Man. Hundred percent. Archie Manning? Arch Manning. Oh, Arch. Well, he didn't enter the portal. Still would have been my dream quarterback. Okay. Quinny, Quinn Ewers comes comes back for next year. He's entering the portal. 100%. Or did he so, that's interesting you say things like this. Because... Ewers has announced that he's coming back next year, which has led to all that speculation in which is what you're talking about, Archman. I believe Archman has came out and said that he's not going to enter. That is correct. On the flip side, the other backup quarterback, Malik Murphy, has entered. And that, my friend, is the guy I would go after. If you're trying to play in this air raid, like, You've seen what a, just a straight pocket passer with no legs can do for this offense in Braden Lock, in your backup quarterback, right? That's kind of who Tyler Van Dyke is. If he's not going to stretch a defense with his legs, he's not going to make you have to spy him in the run game. It's easy to defend this air raid offense that doesn't really stretch the field deep. I would have went with Malik Murphy. I'm going to throw a name out there. because This was, this was kind of the name that I was looking for. Or Cam and there's, Ward. There's, there's a caveat to that. Cam Ward would have been another fit too, but how would you have felt about DJU? I mean, I would have hated it. I, I don't think I would have hated it. I don't think I'd you know, get a boner over it or anything like that. But. <laughs> now, so I, I'm going to ask you one more thing here, Justin, because this is the first thought that I had. So you bring in Tyler Van Dyke, who's kind of that pocket passer quarterback. Um, it's already been announced Miles Burkett is going into the transfer portal, so he's gone. So you still have Cole the crew around. You still have, as of right now, Brayden Locke, and you have Evers. Yeah. 
does bringing in a Tyler Van Dyke to you signal that the Badgers aren't ready for one of those three to really be the guy? No, absolutely does. So, but here, here's what it also signals. They know now they're not handing the reins to Braden Locke. They're, they're just not. Like, he, Braden Locke is always going to be their backup quarterback. And while they keep transitioning this offense, they need to get Nick Evers ready. Nick Evers is is the prized possession of the whole thing. And Longo has said as much, but he is not rising up the depth chart because he doesn't understand the playbook that well. And the day he understands the playbook well enough to where he can audible out of calls into situations that are going to put them in good situations, he's not going to rise up the depth chart. That being said, he's only a sophomore, right? So, like, this this year is going to tell you He's going to be a sophomore. I believe he was a redshirt freshman this year. That's correct. And so he's going to enter his redshirt junior year with two years left to play um, and an opportunity to to really take the reins of the Badgers program. But he's got to prove it up in the, in the, in the melody, and he's got to understand the playbook through and through. And, you know, I can appreciate that out of Longo, out of a coach. Like, I, I need you to perform – at a high level on the on the on the field. So I can't I, I can't help you in some situations. You need to be able to help yourself. And so I you know I think that's kind of why they went in the transfer market this this year. They're buying time for Evers and, and they're hedging their bet on Evers. What about uh twenty twenty four commit Mabry Metower? Yeah he's a guy that's gonna um He's a guy that's going to probably redshirt. I mean, Locke is probably going to be a, uh, a a backup quarterback again. Unless I mean, it's going to be a battle. It's going to, they're going to battle again, Evers and, and Locke for that backup position, right? And then you got Cole. Cole's coming off a redshirt year. He'll be a freshman. Maybe he's probably going to be a, a a redshirt this year, not see the field, kind of understand and, and study the playbook. And then they've got Braden Locke's little brother, Landon Locke, locked up in the 2025 class already. Uh, they are um, moving in the right direction. I'm excited to see what that, that backup quarterback position battle uh, ends up being. Um, and hopefully Nick Evers can prove himself because, uh, you know, we, just, we saw if we go down with a, with a uh, stationary quarterback, it's rough. It's rough. And, and, and when you don't stretch the field, like you're just a, a dink and dunk offense and you don't stretch the field to to uh, move the ball or, or to keep a defense honest, like, it's tough. Sean, any thoughts here? No, it's, this is out of my wheelhouse. <laughs> but I will tell you what, they <laughs> they have hit transfer market hard again already this year with a couple um with with a uh colonial athletic association uh player of the year defensively linebacker they hit the linebacker from syracuse that was an odd story i don't know if you guys covered that he committed decommitted because his nil agent uh said he could have made more money and this dude's not really an nil agent in, in the ncaa's eyes and so he was just told, like, he was 
and then a couple of days later, this kid recommits to the Badgers. Um, they got Van Dyke. They're working on some wide receivers right now. Uh, big one out of uh, Wake Forest. He's 6'4", 205 pounds, and I think he had like 59 receptions for 600 yards this last year. So they've got big things coming. They've got expect maybe a commitment uh, from a transfer, hopefully by tomorrow, by the end of the weekend for sure, uh, a tight end from LSU. And then uh, they've got their eyes on a big four-star defensive lineman, um, high school recruit Ernest Willar. Uh, out of Maryland, they got to beat Maryland and Ohio State. But the, the crystal balls are showing that he's that, that the Badgers are a team. Who so. was it? Jackson McCoggan? Yes, he's already committed. He committed today. Did he commit today? I missed yes. it, Eric. Nine hours ago. Yeah, I was reading. Goddamn Now I'm looking at my book. Talk, Eric. <laughs> Jackson McCoggan was the tight end commit who we got the Luke Fickle bat signal tweet. The get ready, Wisconsin, jump around Madtown, yeah, which is probably cool. my favorite bat signal kind of tweet for a recruit signing. Um, so we got that earlier today, then pretty quick after. That, came, that tweet came out at uh, 11.45 a.m. And then at... 12 o'clock, we got the official commitment with the graphic for Jackson McCoggin from his account that he is committed to Wisconsin. I think that, you know, and that's another stat for Wisconsin's offense, right? They, they recruited Grant Stack, a, a different type of tight end. Um, you had Tucker Ashcraft that was a, a tight end that they kept out of Washington that, you know, committed and then decommitted from Colorado with Dion to um, The type of tight ends, the type of people that they're trying to take, um, the type of offensive linemen, like, it, it, it's all going to be changing here for a, a, a while, a couple of years. It's going to take a while to change this whole system over. Uh, losing Trey Wedding, uh, the big offensive lineman for the Badgers, was a, kind of a tough pill to swallow. He's, like, one of the highest-rated recruits they've ever gotten. Uh, so... I hope the best for him. Jordan Turner is a is a tough one to lose, and, and so Chimray DK. Uh, see, you know, some of these guys that are transferring out aren't getting the like Skyler Bell's best offer in the portal currently is Western Kentucky. So it, it, some of this tells you the the depth of what was valued on the style of play for the Badgers. You know, it, it's different. And we, we are certainly not at the level that we need to be at at any facet of the offensive game. Still waiting to hear on the news of Hunter Waller if he's going to go pro or not go pro. That's going to be a big one. All right, switching to the pro game, we've got the Green Bay Packers, who, as mentioned, they did – lose this last week to the New York Giants on Monday Night Football and probably one of the ugliest games of the season. Uh, felt a lot like October. Uh, weather was bad. Defense was bad. Special teams was bad. Offense was bad. 
I thought Lafleur was bad. He stunk too. Like you should just own that he stunk. Like make. Why are we? You know, if you're just gonna hand a ball to Reed, just hand the ball to him. Quit going sideways all the goddamn time. And if we can't find a goddamn running back to run the ball, I thought Patrick Taylor was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Just not at the end of the first half. <laughs> uh, it was a dumb move. Like it, it was. You can't. Can't say nothing less than that, you know. Quit being dumb. But I thought he ran the ball well. Right. He runs hard. Uh, they did. They do still remain at that seventh seed in the NFC playoffs, uh, despite the loss. Four games left here: Bucks, Panthers, Vikings, Bears. I, I, I mean, we said it pretty much already. It was, it was a rough watch. I, I really got nothing else to add on to it. Sean, what do you got for us? It's been a while since you talked. No, like you, like you were saying, it was just a rough, rough watch, and to somehow be able to get that close to winning that game with how bad the game was says says something that way. But it's, it's still a horrible loss. I think. What frustrates me the most is just the de- the defense, and we talked right. about it already earlier in the show. But I mean, it, I guess in theory, it's a twenty-two to seventeen game because of the dumb Keyshawn Nixon fumble, which I I don't think I'll ever. I mean, there's no excuse for that. No. That's day one. You fumble it, or if you muff the punt. You have an opportunity to fall on it. Do your, you know, they always talk about do your 111th. Do your 111th. And he was trying to do more than his 111th. Try to do too much. Cost possession, cost a touchdown. I never say, I say 1-8. Well. No. There's so much to talk about. You cannot have, again, that many first-round picks sitting on that defensive side of the ball and letting a third-rate QB with a mobster agent. You know, that's, you know, let's be, let's go off topic. Them showing that stupid agent is like NBC or or CBS or whoever showing Taylor Swift on the TV all the time. Like, get over it already. The dude's wearing a fedora, all right? Like, <laughs> big whoop. Christ. Move on with your life. I tell you what, though. The, the Packers made Tommy DeVito the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, which is... No, Joe Barry. Right. Joe Barry it's just... sucks. I, I, I don't Sucks. understand the fact that he has a job still. I, I, I know we say that quite frequently. It just, it, it hasn't made sense. It, I don't think it'll ever make sense. I want to know who he has pictures of. Right. But, like you said, Sean, Sean, to almost be to almost be in position to win that game. Which, by the way, just going back, because this is, I think, the part that bothered me the most. You gave up. You had a minute 33. New York never had to use. They had two timeouts. They didn't have to use any of their timeouts other than that final just because they won the clock down for the game-winning field goal. Yep. You didn't force their hand at all. And I think that's the most frustrating part of it. Right? 
you, you didn't keep them in bounds. You didn't keep them in check. They just they dinked and dunked and one big play and they're in field goal range. Like what what happened to the defense from the Kansas City game? Like what what changed so much in in that week to go from the best quarterback in the league to probably the worst, more than likely? And it's just what what changes in your in everything in that week? It makes absolutely no sense. Well, is it is it as simple as too many people start reading headlines and believing in headlines? No, I I think I think just the defense, just being able to just have Tommy DeVito just walk all over you, run all over you, and have nothing to say about it is just it's pathetic at this point. No, it can't happen. Like it just like it's inexcusable. Don't shy away from the fact that Jordan Love stunk in the first half. Like he was right. terrible. Couldn't he couldn't. You couldn't throw from me to my laptop away where I'm talking to you boys right now. Like, and I'm not even two feet away. Like, he couldn't complete the pass. But what you like is that he got himself out of the rut. What you like is that he kept the team in the game. What, what you like, he got them in position to win the game. It may have been ugly. It was ugly. But he did a good enough job to get you into the game. Now, I thought it was funny because we were, you know, listening to uh, Eric's employer, 107.5 Fan, over this over this uh, week. There was talks about what kind of contract could we give Jordan Love? And what's he going to be worth? Somebody put out the number of four years, $174.5 million. That's a choice. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, wait a second. Why don't we do, like, I think in this situation, and that included like $57 million in the signing bonus guarantee contract. Look, in my estimation, why don't we do the Kirk Cousins kind of deal? Like, let's go three years, $75 million, all guaranteed. Right. Like, if we're going to give you $75 million, but we're going to be goddamn sure you're the guy. And we're going to pay below average market money for you. And then if you're the guy, you're going to get it. And you're getting good money. $25 million is good money. Especially if it's guaranteed. Right. Right. So when I heard that number, I was like, what? We ain't paying Jordan Love $40 million. We just got ourselves out of this rut. And we're paying the price right now, but they've done a great job in restocking the cover while restocking with picks and getting us in a good situation. Like, we've got how much money coming back this year? Like $60, 70000000 million? Is it? Something to that effect, yeah. Like, holy cow. We're not going to go and blow 40 of it on a quarterback that we don't know quite enough about yet. Well, I, you know, I was when I was giving my criticism of Jordan Love on this podcast – what, a month and a half ago? Well, it wasn't because I don't you, believe you, in you, him. You can say the Because you're a bandwagon jumper, Eric. You're up and down. You're a jinx, and you're a bandwagon jumper. That's your problem. You know, what Jordan Love's hot, I'm a Jordan Love guy. Jordan Love's wrong, I'm, I don't know about Jordan Love. Me, I'm, I'm all in, Eric. I, I don't, 
I don't wishy-wash the way you wishy-wash. You got it right there, Justin. I sent him that this week. You're a bandwagon jumper, Eric. The only thing you don't bandwagon jump is your brewers. You done? You done? (laughs) No, I look at things analytically, and for the exact same reason that what we're seeing with the shit show Kansas City Chiefs team right now is the exact reason you not overpay a quarterback, even if you're dead sure about him. Because the problem that when you overpay a quarterback <coughs> is exactly what the Chiefs are seeing right now. They pay Patrick Mahomes $50 million a year, whatever it is, and they can't afford a decent receiver for him. But think about all the endorsement money they're getting on the T-Swift jerseys. That's great. That doesn't go to the team. Are you a Swifty, Eric? I'm not. I I have not liked really anything. Have you, been to, the, have you been to the Eras tour? I have not. I, I can't afford that shit. <laughs> That's terrible. But, uh, like you're I said, right. you're right though. You are 100 percent right. I agree. That's you. I don't like do I said, that you often should, with you, but <laughs> you just—that's why you have to look at these things analytically. Where okay, if Jordan Love is the guy, or even if you're not 100 percent sure, but you don't want to overpay him, 25 million dollars makes a lot of sense to me. I'm okay with that. I can stomach that. You start getting north of 30, 35, 40 million dollars. What are the Seahawks paying Geno? I thought he got like three years, 41 million something like if the Seahawks can make it work with Gino for that, that like look at what San Francisco's doing if you put a team around a quarterback that's making $800,000 like all he's got to do is be a game manager that's they all he him Gino's current contract was three years 75 yeah and I wanna, with 27 yeah, guaranteed yeah, like why? Why? Let's do that. No, I'm I'm right there would with you. you that's... Here, would you sit here and say that that Jordan Love and Geno Smith are that far apart? No, not at all. Right? There. And... I would I would probably say like the upside, what I would pay for upside wise, I would pay for Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. You know, Geno doesn't quite have a lot left, and, and you probably hit your ceiling. On Gino, where he's at right now, like we don't know where Jordan's ceiling is. Like maybe Jordan's gonna figure out. You know, you gotta have two feet on the ground to complete a pass. Like if you want to throw a pass twenty-five yards, you gotta have you know your back foot on the ground and, and, and drive through it. Like that might happen someday, and he might become a top-five quarterback. But right now, I would say he's top fifteen. I I'd agree with that. Uh, one more just quick thought that I had from the game. And if we're talking I, Jordan Love, I wish Ramsey was here. I do too. <laughs> I will oh. say, having uh, Ramsey has not been the show in a few months, more recently than Justin had been. But I did see that. Um, I, I will did. say, he he has come around on Jordan Love a little bit. Not, not a whole lot. He's warmed up a little bit. But... One more, my biggest takeaway, honestly, from the game the other night, offensively speaking, again, defense was a shit show. I'm not even going to touch that anymore. But offensively speaking, is truly the value of Christian Watson to this team? Oh, I don't want to talk about it. No. I don't, I don't, I don't, like, let, we need to stop ourselves in our tracks right now. 
and, and be truly honest with life and how this is going to work out. Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs will never be number one wide receivers. That's I'm perfectly okay with that. Never. I don't disagree with that. What I'm saying and what that value that he brings is something that they don't have on this roster outside of him is a true downfield threat that opens that mid-range passing game for Romeo Dobbs, for Malik Heath, for Dontavian Wicks, for Jaden Reed, for the running backs for that matter, for the tight ends when Luke Musgrave's healthy, which also is a huge miss right now. <coughs> but having that. having that downfield guy, whoever it is, and you know we said this, and I've said this, I've been very vocal about this. I'm a big Aaron Jones fan. I love having Aaron Jones around, but you, you can live without Aaron Jones individually. But you need that kind of player on your roster, whether it be Kenyon Drake right now in the interim with him being injured, whether it be Does it put him on the field. He had one point, I believe, or he had one touch, I think. Um, but what I'm saying is you need a guy to fill that role, whether or not it actually is Christian Watson. It's the same reason Deshaun Jackson made millions of dollars, always had an NFL job for as long as he wanted one. Because he could run straight very fast and occasionally catch the ball. Dude, at this point, like, could we not have just kept Marquez Valdez, can we? I mean, you're still getting a cheaper option with Christian Watson, but I, I agree with what your principle is. Like, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I totally agree. I get but here, the role but here we of it. Go. We're, we're going to talk about contracts. And whatever, what are you going to pay Christian Watson on when he comes up in two years? Right. With, with the option to renegotiate next year. Like, you think he's signing for, like, you think he's signing for less than 11? I was going to say you're looking at about 10, 11, 12. There's no way he, he takes that, though. That's the thing. Because he truly thinks he's the number one. He's not a one. He's not a one. He's a one-trick pony, Eric. Hate to call it. He's not a great. He's not a great route runner. He's a. He's grown as a blocker. I'm not defending that, but I'm so he's, saying so he's I, a better Alan Lazard. He's a fuck ton faster than Alan Lazard. That's for damn sure. But that's about it. Yeah, but he fills a key role that the Packers don't have right now. And when you look at teams that win Super Bowls and compete for Super Bowls and make the playoffs. You need a receiver like that to open everything else underneath, especially when you don't know what your quarterback's ceiling is. You need a guy to take the top off the defense, make it a little bit easier for everyone else in the middle. Like, yeah, but we're never going to pay. Like, there's no. When has Deshaun Watson, or not Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson, when did he ever pay off for a Super Bowl team? Bucks, didn't he? Did he play? I think, so. I think so. He didn't. You know what I mean? So, like, at some point, he's making seven and a half to eight million dollars. It's just because he does one thing well. Like, oh, he did not win a Super Bowl. My bad. You know what I mean? Like, in, I don't in, disagree with what you're and, saying. And Watson's hamstring is so far gone like if this is a re- like he's never 
Watson is never going to play a full year. No. He is never going to play a full year in the NFL without being injured. Unless, don't get me wrong, unless he's a four or five. Yeah. That's fine. But I think he proves a pretty important role, and you're getting it for cheap right now. And you can tell when he's not on what the field. Three, four million dollars? When he's, not, when he's not on the field, you can tell that there's a big difference. Something is missing. You know who I love? Dontavian Wicks. That dude's legit. That dude was a fine. And when they and when they kept him on the on the first initial roster, I thought, what the hell are they doing? Christian Watson's base salary this year is a million dollars. Cap hits two point one. Yeah, I mean, I guess you keep him for that. Obviously, what's it next year? You know, uh, per per spot track, uh, cap hit next year two point five. The year after that, two point nine. He's got to prove it, right? Uh, you know, to me. I'm trading a first, a second, and a third, and I'm going up, and I'm getting that Marvin Harrison Jr., and he is my number one receiver for the next 15 years. Right. Good luck. Good luck. That uh, puts the Packers over the top, and then they take their second second round pick, and they get a good running back. And they tackle more than they need a running back. Uh, you know who they... What are you talking about, Eric? They don't need no tackle. They got Yash. Resign Yash. He's a cheap option. He's proven himself as good at left tackle. I don't understand the hatred towards Yash Diamond. I don't hate Yash Diamond. I hate Rashid Walker. Walker stinks for not playing Nijman over Walker. I have to agree with that. I have to agree with that. I thought even last year when, when, uh, Old Nijman was playing for, for Bakhtiari. They were making head headway with him. Like, come on, man. Like, maybe he's got a shitty attitude, but he's a good damn football player. You've invested so much time into this guy. They picked him up. Didn't they pick him up? He's like an undrafted free agent. I believe so. Like, no, all we want to talk about is Sean Ryan and Sean Ryan and Sean Ryan and Sheed Walker. And how we have all these good young offensive linemen. Well, guess what? John Runyon may suck, but I think he's pretty good. Anyways, John Runyon may suck in a lot of people's eyes. But Sean Ryan ain't beat no John Runyon. He ain't beat him all yet, has he? Like, your offensive coordinator is is the offensive line coach. And, And if he doesn't think that this dude is better than John Runyon, Whatever. Stop giving uh, them opportunities against Chris Jones and watching him get pancaked on the offensive side of the ball. Duh. All right. Good to, have, good to have Coach back. Packers are a three and a half point favorite this weekend coming up against the Bucks. Baker. Quick thoughts on that before we wrap up here. Baker comes in and has a game. Okay, let me tell you something. I think Nick Mullins for Minnesota when he comes in is going to have a game on Joe Barry's defense, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> how, how do you not, like, how do you sit 
as any opposing quarterback and look at this and say, oh, we're going to play the Packers, and you start licking your lips like, hey, yeah, I'm going to get a game here. This might get me a contract. This game might get me a contract here. Like Nick Mullins might come in and, and, and consider himself a backup quarterback, but the, you play the Packers. The Packers game might get you five, six million dollars next year as a backup quarterback somewhere. That's I was gonna say shitty. The Packers defense of coordinators. Zach Wilson's probably wishing he was playing Green Bay again this year. Next year, after right. A Rod tears his Achilles again, I hope so. Oh, that's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> I don't care, Eric. You know why? Because he did it. Despite the Packers, a first-round pick, Eric. He did <laughs> That's it. a new one. That's 65%. a new one. 65%. He didn't want the Packers to win, all right? He didn't want the Packers to get the most out of them. And then he goes and takes less money from the Jets. What a puke. <laughs> what all a right. puke, Eric. Three and a half, though. How do you feel about the game? Make your picks. Uh, I'm going to go Packers to cover that. I think they get a get-right game this week and just take over. And they just got to stop Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And that. That's a but big ask. That's a big ask. But is Jair coming back this week or no? Um, I believe he did not practice today. Uh, just double-checking on that. But let He's me... Where's the Watson? Right. Trade his ass, too. Get him off the books. Uh, today, Chris, or Jair Alexander was a limited participant the last two days. Limited. He suited up and he drank Gatorade. Exactly. Bounce. So uh, that's where I'm going this week. Diesel. Looking at the Bucks side of things, for what it's worth, Chris Godwin did not participate in practice today. Vita Vea did not participate uh, Ooh, Devin White man. was a full participation. So that's a look at the other side. Justin, what do you got for Sunday? I'm going Bucks. Bucks to win by 25. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I'm going to go with the Packers covering this, and I don't feel good about this because I didn't feel good about Monday night's right, game either. Because their defense sucks, Eric. Mike oh, Evans. Packers. Mike Evans is gonna have a hell of a game, and I'm o- I'm okay with that. Why is he on your fantasy team? Just one of them on my <laughs> on my dynasty league that I didn't draft. I made a big a big vow that I was not gonna have him on a fantasy team this year, and it's aside from this last week, he's been nothing but consistent for once. But he did have this one shit week that he has every season. And that was this last week, which should have been an opening week of playoff round for me in a couple of leagues. So glad I didn't. But speaking of our two semifinal games in the Wisconsin League, uh, after one week, Tyson is ahead of me. It was 108 to 101 entering play tonight. My defense is not doing well tonight. So that lead has expanded. But the Chargers defense. I had the Chargers defense. And they are minus five entering the fourth quarter, trailing 56 to seven. It is not good. 
That's funny. Our other semifinal matchup, we have Team Dave Moeller playing Secretary Shauna. He had a 142-75 to 75 margin. Hey, did I win? Play. <laughs> <laughs> well, Justin, you uh, did not make the playoffs again this year. Yeah, it was you guys... Well, that's because I took the first seven weeks off, Eric. <laughs> you did have a miraculous run to make a desperation attempt to get in. No, I got. So who beat me? Was it that five heel character? Yep. I don't like him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I really, I think you're an all right dude. But so that is where we stand in the playoffs. There, uh, as we wrap up here, boys, what do you got for a room I'm for crushing. in the upcoming week? What are you talking about? I'm crushing. Yeah, the game. It doesn't matter. We're talking about ships here, Justin. Your life doesn't matter right now. Yeah. I'm I'm almost to the winner's bracket. That's dude, I'm crushing. Oh, Kittles and Bits is right on fire. I'm gonna change my team name to Joe Tessitore. <laughs> He's the best, isn't he? Like he covers so many different sports. That's my root for. My root for is Joe <laughs> Tessitore. Like Man, he's on he's on top rank boxing, and, and you know he's then then he's doing college football. He's the fill in for you know the other Monday night football. He's all over the place. You know his his kid's a kicker for for Boston College. Like Joe Tessitore is the man, and he's got you know he's got the last name of Tessitore. Like he should have been Davido's agent. <laughs> he's the man. You know, just flashing dollar signs. Joe Tessitore just flashing dollars. Sean, what do you got for us? I don't know. I'm 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 just going with the started start of all of my Christmas for starting this week. All family Christmas is starting and I got my family Christmas this weekend and just the start of Christmas season coming up here. All right. Very good. I'm gonna go with the uh my start of my high school basketball season for broadcasting yeah go eric for those listening uh tomorrow night or friday night i guess because they're gonna listen whenever wherever 105-1 gibraltar sevastopol we got fresh justin are you the play-by-play are you are you the uh uh tomorrow night i will be doing color Ooh, what is gonna be your favorite line eric what's your go-to line what what can the listeners look forward to on the Eric? Not so fast, my friends. I, I do guys say I'm a big boom shakalaka guy. A boom shakalaka guy. You're <laughs> Shout out NBA Jam. Um, my favorite, I think, my go-to, I try to work it in once broadcast when somebody does like a spin move. I love saying spin cycle. Whoop. Yeah, you get a little Chris Berman. Whoop. <laughs> there you go. You got to do the whoop. And Tom Jackson, Tom Jackson's raspy one <laughs> in the background over there. That's the best. So who are you doing? Who are you uh, covering? Uh, tomorrow, well, I'll be doing Is different games. Is football? No, this will be uh, Tim Coles will be the lead for tomorrow night's game. He's the one guy at the station I didn't do a high school football game with, and he's the one that brought me back. So 
Just right. kind of worked out. Um, but we will be doing Gibraltar. I have a couple of Kiwani <laughs> County games. I think a couple of Luxembourg Castle games. A couple of Kiwani Algoma type games. A uh, couple for Southern Door here and there sprinkled in too. So I'll be all over the peninsula doing different games. Well, you need to find an O'Connell game, Eric. Justin, I, t- I tell you what. I desperately tried. I don't think we have one on our schedule. I've I made my case three different times. Really? I did. I, I, if you want receipts, I'll show you receipts. I got them. Okay, easy, Dion. All right? I don't <laughs> need to see your receipts. That led to, uh, you know, after you said something about receipts, that led to, like, you know, 0 and 8. All right? I don't need that. I don't need that bad juju on me. All right? <laughs> when do you play NEW Luther? Tomorrow night, 7.30 at the Blazers gym. I can't do that one. That's the one. the one time you're in Green Bay. Yeah, I don't know what my schedule is next week. I'm a bad, bad, uh, I'm bad at schedules, Eric. I'm so lucky I have a great wife that, like, does the whole week of scheduling for on Sunday on our way to church. <laughs> she told me, you got a game this day and this day. Whoa. Well, then I probably should plan out my week of practice a lot better than I had it in my head. I She's a good woman. She's a good woman. So I'm I, I proud of my I'm proud of my coaching staff. I'm proud of you guys. Thanks for having me back. I'm I think this one this one's gonna hit big, Eric. This one <laughs> this one's got this one's got some juice to it. This this one has the Sunny Wicks juice to it because it's got Coach Doll back. All right, Justin. One last piece of work here for us. What is our bar of the week gonna be? Ooh, I forgot we did this one. <laughs> I don't know. Like, like, I don't know. Sean? We struggled with this last week. This is not on us this week. There's got to be an O'Connell bar that you like. Yeah, give us an O'Connell bar. Okay. Back in my younger days of... uh, We need one that's still open. (laughs) Eric, shut your filthy mouth, all right? I'm going to go. Actually, we, we got a new owner uh, of this bar, Booze 2. It's called Booze 2. Um, Jeffrey Westerbarth is the owner. Uh, moved on in his life from his past uh, profession. Uh, this is what I was going to do, and he's done a great job running that business, and, and uh, they, they are prospering, and I'm glad to hear it. It's on Main Street in O'Connell, right across from the hardware store. That booze bar? Yep. Okay. Uh, Do quick, not uh, serve food, Eric. So don't even read the food reviews. There is they don't none. have food. But there are 46 reviews on Google. Four-star reviews. Uh, talking about uh, gets rowdy. Put no, 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 no. Time out. Time out from the floor. Time out from the floor. That's the old review. That's two years ago. Yeah, you can't go that far. No, you're talking six months. Maybe at most. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not showing anything from there. So check it out. Let us know. I mean, that, this segment's getting worse and worse. I mean, you guys got to do something about it. <laughs> we got to travel more to, to more bars. That's right. We got to do more work. Justin, for what it's worth, next week, Tuesday, you're in Shyocton. Next Thursday, you're home against Chilton. Ooh, two non-cons would be good for playoffs. We need to get those, Eric. And then the following. And then Wittenberg. 
Wittenberg, then uh, Friday, December 29th, you're home against O'Connell Falls, or you're on the road against O'Connell Falls. Highway Battle of Highway 22. So how it works, Eric, let me cover this real, real fast for you. Okay? JV2, worth two points. JV1, worth two points. The varsity game, worth three points. The team with the most takes the Highway 22 battle banner or whatever trophy street sign hold. I'm going to tell you this right now. It ain't staying in O'Connell Falls. Ain't <laughs> happening. Ain't happening. I will sell my soul to take that banner home. All right? I will. If, if I have to, I'll get kicked out of that gym. I'll get kicked out. <laughs> I'll get kicked. Like, like, I ain't lying. I'll get kicked out of that gym. I'm going to go find the sign. I'll get kicked out of the gym. Go find the sign. And I'm leaving with the sign. And before they could even hand it out. I'm taking the sign home with me no matter what happens. I ain't giving it. I ain't giving it to them. Oh, ain't happening. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> for Dylan and Shauna and Ramsey, who not here this week, for Justin, who made his return, for Woo! Sean, who's always here, I'm Eric Biggie signing off. Episode 138 in the books. We're out. See ya. Peace. Peace.